Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast, Season 2, Episode 27. Alongside Hunter Pulaski, I am Peter Garber, live in Petoskey, Michigan. We are presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. In this week's episode, Scotty Scheffler continues his blistering run of golf, dons his first green jacket at Augusta National over the weekend, Get you a full recap on that. James Piot of Michigan State was in the field. Actually got some TV time, too, so that was fun. We'll talk about that a little bit. He's actually back in the field this week for the RBC Heritage alongside fellow Michiganders Brian Stewart and Ryan Bram. We have a stacked field at Harbortown this year, so can't wait to get into that. We'll take you around the tours with the LPGA Corn Ferry Tour. Boys actually in a, a lightning delay here on a Wednesday morning, but they will be uh, playing Wednesday through Saturday this week. And... Some updates from the uh, from the college world as well, but let's start with probably the biggest story of the week. Even though Scotty Scheffler was victorious and won a green jacket and is on this incredible run, what did you make, Hunter, of the performance of one Eldrick Woods? Uh, <clears throat> I kinda, it was. I guess it was. It was. It was what I expected. I think. I think that he looked like he even with the practice rounds and the the shots I saw him hitting, he was more than capable of of playing a good round of golf. Could he do it over four days? That that was shown to not be the case. I do think that each day there was there was a very positive part of his game. I thought Thursday he putted lights out when he really hit the ball quite terribly. I think he only hit nine out of eighteen greens on Thursday and still shot one under. Um and then on to Friday, Saturday, Sunday, he really couldn't putt couldn't make a putt to save his life, but I thought his driver really turned around. Where on Thursday, he was missing a lot of greens because I think he was putting his driver in some really bad spots. He was getting kind of quick with it and and hitting these like low little like liner lefts. I don't, it was a weird ball flight, but that was getting me, getting me a lot of trouble. But then I felt like he was really finally starting on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to get his body through a little bit more. He was hitting this nice high controlled fade with the driver that looked like he was hitting fairways more consistently than I've seen him hit fairways in a long time, it seems like. So if he can put it all together for four days, I don't, everything seems fine. From a technical standpoint in his golf swing, it looks like darn near better than I've seen in a long time. But can he put it all together for four days? Clearly work in progress at this point. Yeah, it's going to take – you think he'll win again on tour? Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready to say I, I'm, I'm not – I will never say no again. You think I would another major? Will you say no to that? I won't say if I can. I don't know if this will make sense. I won't say no, but I don't think I'm going to say yes. Like, there's no way he's not. I won't like. I won't die on a hill that he's not going to win a major. So you'll just be a little Nancy, and you won't take any position whatsoever. I'm closer to saying yes. I I, 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 I just can't. Okay. I can't. At this point, I don't think. I don't know why you. I don't know what, if if anything was given off this past weekend that would make me think that he wouldn't be able to. Well, if he's going to win one, it's probably going to be on that golf course. You think it'd have it's to? It's an be. old guy golf course. It's a short field. He can play there as long as he wants. You think it'd have to be? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't see him winning. I mean, I suppose like Rocco Mediate. I mean, for example, got into a playoff with Tiger at Torrey Pines. He was well into his forties at that point, but and a short hitter, and you know. So it's always possible, but the U.S. Open thing seems a little less likely. That's kind of a 
That's a little more of a young man's tournament, it feels like, anyway. At yeah. least of late. I mean, I don't think Matthew like... Wolf has a second place in the U.S. Open for heaven's yeah, sakes. Yeah, well, just quick, quick note on Matthew Wolf, terrible at golf. Uh, he was, talk about a flash in the pan. Okay, you're already you're already saying that Matthew Wolf is done. Are you are you willing to say that Matthew Wolf will never win another? I don't know how did we get here, but are you willing to say that I, Matthew I'm, I'm Wolf more will willing never to say, win another? Yeah, I'm more willing to say that Matthew Wolf will never win again over Tiger Woods. Winning a tournament or tournament, a major tournament? Well, that's easy. That's easy. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. That would be. That, I feel like. All right, I'll go out on a very, 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 very exceptionally skinny branch here and say that Matthew Wolf will win another PGA Tour event sometime in his life. Everyone just, just in the interest <laughs> of taking ridiculous positions. All right, other besides. I have a well, few your, what were your the, thoughts on Tiger Woods? You didn't. You didn't give. A, you didn't give a single thought. Nobody cares what I think. I think. I mean, I think we've been doing it for however long. I agree with you. People ask me, "Do you think Tiger's going to make the cut?" I said, "Yeah, I do think Tiger will make the cut." It wouldn't be even surprise me if he was a shot or two off the lead on Thursday. And I did see, like I saw him. He hit a five wood, I think, for his second into fifteen on Thursday. I think it was Thursday. It might have been Friday, and I thought, well, if he can swing like that over four days. He'll be just fine because that's about a 240-ish carry. He flushed it. It's a long club. That's one of the harder shots in golf to hit, even though those fairway woods are really nice now. To, you know, hit into that green, hit it that high, control your distance, and more more to your point, the swing itself looked pretty sound. So I I in some ways it was difficult watching because he was very he was laboring quite noticeably towards the ends of the rounds over the weekend where you know some people would call it a limp so like part of me was like oh geez just get into the clubhouse and let's be done with this but then that ovation that he got when he walked off 18 kind of made it all worth it that was a great moment that's definitely a memorable moment from this master's which there were not many and i've heard some people say kind of a letdown of a master's how do you feel about that would you agree uh, I don't. I don't think it was necessarily the best Masters, but I don't think. I think it takes a lot for a Masters to be a, a letdown. I think that's you got to have a. If if this was letdown, what makes the last two not letdowns? We have three letdowns in a row. Well, just there was not a ton of drama. There well, wasn't a ton of drama with Hideki either. But I don't think there was. Didn't DJ just win by quite a few? DJ won by quite a few strokes. So, I don't know that that. That November Masters, I think, kind fake, of fake Masters, sort of. Um, I don't know. So, so when Sunday, I didn't feel. I felt like it, it stayed close enough on Sunday where I was able to com- convince myself that Cam Smith could still win that golf tournament up until or Rory or Rory. Well, so it was kind of. I, I played golf Sunday morning, so I actually didn't watch much of Tiger play. I got home right as the leaders teed off, and then I fell asleep. By the the third hole, the second that uh, Scotty <laughs> chipped in, uh, he took so I imagine I imagined though the oh I saw those those first couple holes, I hundred percent thought Cam Smith was winning that golf. Yeah, tournament. Scotty was a little shaky, and I don't know what it is. If Scotty just won three out of the last five golf tournaments on the on one of the hottest streaks since Tiger Woods years ago, and and I still didn't believe in him, 
I still don't know if I believe in him. It's very weird. Well, he didn't believe in himself. Did you hear the story about yeah, him, him crying? Yeah, him, him so- bawling his eyes out. Yeah, and that's that's so cool. Very human of him to admit that. And I don't know if it takes a a, a big man to to admit he was just bawling his eyes out because he thought the moment was too big for him. Clearly, it was for for a few holes. That chip in might have that chip in. I think it saved him. Saved him. If he would have, let's say he makes he he makes five five there, there it's over. I, I, think I don't know like, about it's over, but he is in he's in trouble. He, he seems like he has the bit. stones to rally. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree with you. That ball going into the hole really did change kind of the feeling around the tournament because it was like, oh, here we go. Is this gonna happen? And then boom. That ball's in the hole. That's a three instead of maybe a five. And uh, and then Cam did, Cam ended up making a five. He settled down. And then um, I'm pretty sure if that didn't hit the hole, that ball, that was at least a 12-foot putt coming back. Yeah, Cam birdied one and two or two and one, one and two. two. One and two made bogey on three. Three and four. Yeah. So it so kind of his- put him in a tough spot. And then he actually, um, I woke up as Cam made birdie on 11. So I was right back into it, and I go, okay, we're we, unbelievable. We have a golf, we to have make a golf tournament. There on eleven is crazy, and then he hits it in the water on, on twelve. The worst swing he's made in like two years. He said, he said that was a perfect nine iron. Like I, I, I've hit so many of those shots, and then just in that moment, obviously things get things changed a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah, with his heart rate or something was going on there because he just he kind of flubbed it. Is is there a golfer on the PGA Tour that plays better when nothing is on the line than than Rory McIlroy? See, I, I've heard this take. I've heard all the Rory slander. Rory's my guy. <laughs> yes, I forgot. Almost, almost forgot about that. Hell of a rally there to cash my cash my top ten, which saved me because Jordan Spieth tried ruining my week on Friday, and then Webb Simpson got in on the on the. Make Peter look like a jackass train on Sunday when he shot a million. Talking to the mic. But um, Rory Rory's going to win one of the next couple here. I don't think it's so much that nobody plays better when nothing's on the line. I just think he has a hard time putting four together in any order. It really doesn't matter what day it is. I think we have this impression of him that he he blows it on either Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, and then rallies for a meaningless backdoor top ten on, or in this place, second place on Sunday. But sometimes he does the opposite of that, where he plays well to begin the week and then folds over the weekend. So for Rory, it's a question of consistency, and that was a reminder of just how talented Rory McIlroy is because that round at one point, I believe, was four strokes better than anybody else's round on the golf course, and the guy who was within four strokes of him was in his group. So that may have had something to do with it because he was watching the guy next to him go low and figuring, well, maybe we can make birdies out here. But Rory just blew the doors off a golf course that basically everyone else was struggling with the with the exception of Scotty Scheffler and maybe Cam Smith for the majority of the week. So I just think it's a it's just a sign that Rory is supremely talented, and you can discount it by saying it didn't matter. But probably when he teed off, he thought, or at least had to say to himself, "You still have a chance, dude. If you shoot sixty five, 
today, you will have a chance. And then he went out and did exactly that, which is remarkable. And, of course, that shot he hit, too bad that Faldo had to blow it. Oh, yeah, people are so mad at Faldo. Because <laughs> um, that was the most, the, the moments that I'll remember looking back at this Masters won't be so much Scotty Scheffler because his quote-unquote moment was four-putting the 72nd hole to win by two or whatever it ended up being, which is such a weird, like never again will those set of circumstances happen on planet earth. Like that was to it's totally bizarre and therefore kind of stands out. But the other, he didn't really have a moment. Like Phil had a moment when he hit the shot off the pine straw or tiger had a moment when he chipped in on 16 or, you know, there wasn't a moment like that for Scotty. The moments were tiger walking off the 18th, coming back, playing after that horrific car crash and, all that rehab and Rory and Morikawa holing out from the bunker on 18, the same bunker back to back different shots, but to shoot two of the lowest rounds of the day on Sunday and both get themselves into the top five Rory into second and Faldo had to blow it. Yeah, it was all, it was all very, cause I then didn't, um, didn't Jim Nance blow Colin Morikawa's like right at, right after it. I think he, I think they showed Rory's, Nick blew that prior to showing it, and then they went away back to Cam, I think, and then they and they then, took their sweet time coming back to Colin. That's for sure. And then Jim Nance said it just happened again, or something like that. <laughs> I go, good lord. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, so actually a lot of remarks on that on Twitter Sunday late. Sunday I can't afternoon. figure out who Justin Ray from Twitter was saying that this is not. I want to say it was David Toms. It was at the Wells Fargo that there has been a four putt to win a golf, a PGA Tour event in our lifetime. It was in like 19, early 90s, mid 90s, where somebody four-putted the Wells Fargo. Okay, so I guess lightning has struck twice <laughs> in that regard. Maybe not at Augusta National. No. Uh, for your first career major and your first green jacket, you four-wiggle. Let's, let's say he misses one more. I don't know if he makes the next one. <laughs> I really don't. Like, I, like I, I've been... You can't wait to write this guy off. I know, because I... <laughs> Between the chip in on... Hey... If he hadn't made that fourth putt on 18 and he hadn't chipped in on three, I'm telling did, you, Rory McIlroy, only no. you want to say bad did, things did about Rory Did you not Rory start McElroy. getting nervous like, after the third missed putt? I just wondered what was going on. What, what is going on? Is Can he just not, like, is he not seeing the line? Or is he literally, ha like, are I his hands shaking? I mean, I know from talking to people, it doesn't matter if you're tapping in, like, a 10-incher. No, it doesn't. If it's to win your hands will be shaking. Like, it's going to feel weird, and it's hard to knock it in. And if you just have, what if he just got a case of the yips? I've seen guys, good players, miss one-foot putts from four or five times. Like, it just happens. That would, it would just be, it would have been, oh, would have been scary. One more putt, I would have been, uh, that's what I really would have, because I think Ted Scott did an awesome job of backing him off after the third miss putt and been like, hey guy, let's uh let's maybe roll this one to maybe an inch away if we're <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe just calm down a little bit here. So I, I all in all, I mean I I saw I saw some people trying to compare what Sky is doing to what Tiger has done several times in his career and it's, it's they're not even it's not even remotely the same. Let's take it easy on that. If he goes on to win another major, another major, and at least one other tournament, now you're talking five victories in a year, two majors. Now you're starting to get into like 
some rarefied air. I'm not sure. I you, think I don't even think you're at Tiger yet because that that's that's a, Roy, a world Rory, golf. That's too. Has Rory ever done that? No. Two no. majors in a year. Um, or five wins in a year. Uh, JT's the last guy to do five wins in a year, 2017. I don't know. Um, and that was like everyone thought he was he was god at that. Well, point. he is that good. Yeah, but it's that's a good that's a good sort of that's a probably a better comp. Yeah, for what Scotty's doing now is JT in 2017. Did he that's the year he won the PGA Championship. Correct. So that's maybe a, a fairer parallel then you just every time you feel yourself wanting to compare someone to tiger woods you need to pause and just take a moment to reflect on what you're about to do because you're probably going to sound stupid you can't really compare tiger to anyone unless it's like jack nicholas or sam sneed and still those you're, you're dealing with different eras there but let's uh, let's let's appreciate scotty for what he's done and stop trying to make every up-and-coming golfer into the next Tiger Woods. We just tried this with Colin Morikawa. It was a year ago. He'd won the PGA after he won the British. It was like, holy cow. And then what happened? Who knows? I, I, I can't quite get Colin figured out. I don't know. Was he just making a lot of putts then? He's probably going to win this week. Probably. I mean, he's a, I mean, he's a... I can't think of many better fits for for the RBC than um than Colin. I, All right, I was going to rip on Tony Fino's sweater, but we're running short on time. So no, I'll no, save no, my um, Nike slander no. for Nike went out of their way to dress Tony Fino as bad as humanly possible. What what I don't understand, what I wrote down, what how can they look so normal and ordinary? Literally Rory's wearing it. He doesn't look he looks perfectly fine, like a normal person would dress. Mm-hmm. Nothing's weird about his hat or anything. And then you see Tony out there, and he's wearing a clown suit. <laughs> I've never... Why are they taking it? Are they? Does he like it, or what is the deal there? I don't know. I always kind of thought that all the athletes wore the same outfits, just not on the same days. Like maybe not all, maybe not just four outfits, but there's only like six or seven to pick from. I didn't think it was. Like an absolute, fr- I didn't think Tony had the option to pick, go out of his way, be like, "Hey, I want the 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 burnt orange with the neon pink, please." <laughs> it was like the literally like the. So that wasn't even. I thought that was bad. That 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 was bad enough for me to comment on it to my friends. But I thought Thursday's outfit, where it was just it was a um a blue shirt with vertical stripes, white stripes. It was one of the ugliest shirts I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. It looked like a shirt from the eighties. I don't know, Nike, 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 Nike sucks. I don't like Nike at all. Bad, bad golf product. I don't the love golf the golf. I don't is, love the apparel. I think it's like a weird fit. And like whenever I think about this too, because Brooks gets he's got he's like the weird Nike hat guy. He's always got the weird pattern hats. Yeah. He got Fino in the ugly shirts and sweaters. And then they save all the normal clothes for Rory, because he never looks goofy. No, and that's all the same company. So anyway, I'm glad we got to touch on that because that was really renting a lot of space in my head. Uh, quickly, I did see that Sky Scheffler's favorite golf course is Southern Hills. You see that popped up on his. Has page. I think everyone on planet Earth now has heard that yeah. Southern Hills is Scotty Scheffler's favorite. So, course. 
I've never. Uh, I'm actually very excited for Southern Hills. I think it's one of my favorite courses I too. I never played it. I watched awesome. it. The place is so pure, mm-hmm. and I do think it should play. It's hard to comp that course to other PGA courses. It's quite literally Southern Hills. <laughs> it is like the 18th. The second shot on 18 is kind of like the second shot at on nine at Augusta. It's like you're hitting up a ski hill. Is it all? It's got to all be moved land. That's not. That's not. That's a flat. No, area. that's natural. I thought that was all flat area. That's hill country. Oh, is it Oklahoma hill country? No, oh, I didn't know there was was such a thing. It's nice. It's a nice area. Tulsa's kind of a cool place. Yeah, I thought there was uh, a bunch of tornadoes in Oklahoma. There are those too, but not not hill country. I imagine not. Interesting. Sounds like a place to be in Oklahoma. Get to yeah. Get to the valleys. Get to the low. <laughs> get to the low ground. All right, why don't you uh, take us around the tours and then uh, touch on the college stuff, Michigan girls continuing to kick butt, and then we'll get into one of my favorite tournaments of the year, the RBC Heritage at Harbortown Golf Links. Okay, so let's just go ahead and get started with the uh, golf at the college ranks. So we'll go ahead and start with the Michigan boys. Uh, They just finished up their uh, tournament at the Mossy Oak Collegiate, which was in Starkville, Mississippi, uh, Monday and Tuesday. They ended up finishing in T, tied for 12th place at uh, 15 over par, Vanderbilt, who's number three in the country, finished first. Auburn, who's number 16 in the country, finished second. On to the Michigan girls. They uh, they just finished their regular season with a victory at the Indiana Invitational April 9th and 10th. Um, won with a score of 875 for a 54-hole total. They are currently ranked number 18 in the country. Uh, Ashley Lau just won her third event in five spring tournaments. Not too bad. Uh, her medalist honor was the fourth of her career setting a U of M program record. That's amazing. Congratulations which is not to her. too bad. And then the Wolverines had five of their six starters finish among the top 25 individually. So I expect, uh, I expect big things from the uh, Michigan girls as they – I want to say Big Ten Championship is, I want to say middle, like April 24, something like that. Let me confirm that. Ooh, that's quick. coming up. We're inside of a couple of weeks. Yes, we are. And then not long after that will be regionals, right? Yes. Yeah, we are, uh, we are quickly getting towards the end of, uh, end of the spring season. So, right. Would love to see some of these local teams make a run in the regionals and NCAA's. I think I think we've got a chance with the Michigan girls and and uh, Michigan State boys. Yeah, it sure seems like it. So uh, Big Ten Championship is April twenty second through the twenty fourth in Pittsburgh, and then the regional is uh, May 9th through eleventh, hosted by Michigan. So I so you think that they should do okay on a tricky golf course. That yeah. you should that where you can really have a home course advantage. Uh, and then on to the uh, Michigan State boys. They are still off. They have the Rutherford coming up here April 16th and 17th. That's at Penn State. And then um, the Michigan State girls are playing at the Lady Buckeye Invitational, which is coming up here April 15th and 16th. So we will uh, 
update you on some scores uh, when they are available. Did you watch any James Pyatt while you while he was on featured groups? Yeah, I did. I so I was watching. Um, I maybe maybe this is the case for for all past amateur champions because they're playing with the the past champions, so they're they're probably going to be in the featured group. But I thought it was awesome how much um, how much TV time he got. And he played well. He, he played did. well on Friday. Struggled a little bit on Thursday, but I mean it's a hard golf course. So. Yeah. Um, some hit some really nice shots on Friday. Looked like he had kind of settled in and, and, you know, felt a little bit more comfortable. And now he's back in action this week. Yeah. At I the RBC I Heritage, uh, which I didn't realize until I looked at the field list, which is exciting. So he gets to sort of get a little more of the professional experience here as he, you know, heads over to Hilton Head from Augusta and, and tees it up again. He's going off at 140 off number one on Thursday. That had to be a lot of fun playing with. He was playing with JT and Hideki. Hideki and... That sounds right. I can't remember exactly. I watched a lot of feature groups coverage, a lot of four through six, finding my way throughout the the various Masters channels. Yeah. Can the PGA Tour not get some... Like, can we get... Can we bridge the gap between what the Tour does... And what the Masters does, can we find some of what they do and take some of that for the PGA Tour? Because you can basically watch every shot from every player. That's not basically. You can. You can. And go, you can go to the scoreboard. I can just go to the guys that I bet and be like, "Let's watch this round." And I'm pretty sure if you just if you start in the first hole and press first shot, it'll just play. Every like all seventy two shots that person. It's phenomenal. Did. I finally removed the app yesterday. It was a sad moment. Sad, sad moment. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess you would. The the first thing I would say is like I have, I have friends that don't even could care less about golf that are watching the Masters. Like they're tuned into the Masters, so it's just like there's just not the eyeballs to to bridge that gap. It is it is very cool to see. What who the Masters brings out of the woodwork? Like just people you wouldn't think they think golf, like, yeah. but the Masters is like a whole different ball game. It's the pageantry. Yeah, it's the tradition. It is. It's special to play a major at one venue every year, and obviously that place is sweet. I was bummed that the weather kind of took away some of the shine from the golf course. You know that cold, kind of windy environment. It just is not that sunny and bloom spring sort of feeling. It kind of started to get there on Sunday a little bit with some more sunshine, but those guys looked uncomfortable. Like Kisner's wearing a beanie, Tiger's wearing basically snow pants. It was like, well, these guys aren't going low today. That was Saturday morning, I think, where I was like, oh boy, if you have Tiger and DraftKings or something, you know, this could go the wrong way here fast because it's freezing cold. He's probably really sore, you know, like that. I felt like Saturday was going to be a really rough day, which it ended up being. But that was kind of a a little bit of a bummer. But anyway, I I I, I cut you off. Uh, I don't remember where you where you cut me off at. I I do think the PGA Tour players will be the biggest babies when it comes to weather. I think they're just not used to it, obviously. But here and by warm, they all live in warm weather. I know, dude. but you you know what that's like. You lived in Florida. I know, but that's. It wasn't like, it was like mid fifties. It's pretty cold. It is pretty cold. Pretty cold for Georgia. Pretty cold for Georgia. That's cold, dude. 
playing right. golf. Well, we played. Uh, we played this past weekend. Played on Sunday. Well, I told you. I, just, I told you. We you feel Sunday. like you were playing Augusta National? Uh, not quite. <laughs> uh, I was in shorts though. By like the last what? By the last six holes. Was it in the sixties? It was in the mid fifties with no wind. I did see some and, spectators and out at Augusta on Saturday in shorts. They stood out from the crowd for sure. Every time they would go over and somebody be, and they'd be like, "Oh, there's there's a pair of legs." Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, actually, uh, I saw we teed off at ten fifty and I pulled in at like ten twenty, and the first group off had shorts and a t shirt on. This was when it was like thirty six degrees out. So I didn't expect that. I did, I waited until it was warmed up at least a little bit. Warmed up. We were on the back nine at that point. That was smart. They were they were mowing the greens when it was thirty six degrees. Come on, <laughs> I'm serious. All right, well, take us around the tours. I think that's uh, so, unless so, that's, that's it no, for college. That's it for college. So uh, let's move on to the LPGA tour. Uh, they are playing the. I struggle with this last time. I think it's it's L O T T E Championship Latte. It's not Latte. There's not no, like the coffee because that's with an A. So uh, we'll say we'll say Lot. Lot. The Lot Championship. Oh, I like Lodi. Yes, I think it's Lodi. Lodi Championship. Uh, this is in Hawaii. We are the worst podcast. April thirteenth through the sixteenth. It's in Hawaii. In Hawaii. Lote. The defending. Lote. I don't know. I'm just having fun with it. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't know. Is that the name of a place or a company? It's a company. Would you like the opportunity to Google it? What do our listeners have but time? All three of them. Latte. Well, I don't know why I'm saying uh, South Korean. Lotte? Should we consider Lotte? Lotte seems like it might be right. Lodi? Lotte? Google can't give me one. Pronunciation. Pronunciation. Come on. Come on, Google. Connor's going to get to this, I think, but I mentioned it at the top that the um, Corn Ferry was in a lightning delay there officially on the golf course. So that looks like it's going to stay on schedule this week. Hit me. Lote? Lot. Lot. Lot was correct. It wow. is Lot. Here's to the Lot. So the lot championship taking place in Hawaii, April thirteenth to the sixteenth. Defending champion is um, none other than uh, Miss Lydia Ko, who uh, last year secured her sixteenth win on the LPGA Tour with a final round sixty-five uh, to finish a couple ahead of Nelly Corda. So best of luck to the ladies. We'll give you uh, some updated scores. Uh, Next week, once they are finished, and then the Corn Ferry boys are playing the Veritex Bank Championship. Is it a bank? I don't know. The Veritex Bank Championship at the Texas Rangers golf course in what's that, Arlington, probably? Yes. Well, that's where Rangers play. I don't know. Dallas area. So they were in a lightning delay early Wednesday morning. It's a Wednesday through Saturday event. But they are now on the golf course. So it looks like round one is going to be on schedule. I'm not sure if it's raining there or, what, or if they just had like a little cell move through. But they are on the golf course. Awesome. And then uh, finally, I don't know if we, we hit on the um, Latino America tour last week. Um, but Alex Scott finished T27th. 
and that puts him in a puts him in 13th spot. 13th position right now on the uh, LA tour for the season rankings. And what does he have to do to get to the next? He can go from the LA tour to the Corn Ferry? He can. Top 10? Top 5? I want to say it's top 5. And then maybe top 10 gets you to the final stage of Corn Ferry uh, Q School. That'd be good. So let me... 13th is nice. Seven a good year. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to confirm this um, in this short, shorter period of time. Sorry, I did not mean to put you on the... That's on okay. That. We'll I, update you guys I have, next. We'll, I we'll have keep an eye on that. that. We'll I've, keep an eye on that. Yes, we will. I think that's uh, it's important information. So we will, we will let you know. And that's really all I got for uh, around the tours. Got uh, Michigan boys and Michigan State Boys are starting their Big Ten championship here in a couple weeks as well. I guess James is not playing that tournament at Penn State, unless he's gonna unless he misses the cut maybe and he flies over there on yeah. Because he says the 16th and the 17th that's Saturday and Sunday, right? Correct. Yeah. All right, RBC Heritage, Harbortown Golf Links, Hilton Head, South Carolina, par 71, Pete Dye designed. It's got all the Pete Dye characteristics here this week we are full full on pete die here uh all the railroad ties all the weird stuff the um most distinguishing characteristics of this golf course are its narrowness off the tee you can be in the fairway and not have a clear shot so it's really about having pinpoint accuracy, being strategic. Some of the principles that are applied at Augusta will carry over to this week. The difference is that this is a, a small, little, tiny, little, tight ballpark, and that's a great, big, grand one. So um, pinpoint accuracy off the tee, and then the greens are tiny, tiny little postage stamp, almost Pebble Beach-like greens here. So this is... Uh, among the, of courses on the PGA Tour, this has one of the lowest green and regulation rates. So you will need to scramble um, this week. The scrambling is not particularly challenging around this golf course, but I do think great iron players and good scramblers do have an advantage here. You're going to miss some greens, so you'll need to get it up and down, but you'll also, when you're well-positioned off the fairway, good iron shots can yield quite a few birdies here uh, at Harbortown Golf Links. So let's look at past champions, shall we, to give us an idea of who wins this kind of tournament. Last year was Stuart Sink. If you remember, he was in the final group with Colin Morikawa, who had a really rough Sunday. Actually, he ended up fin- finishing in a, I think, tie for seventh. Uh, the year before that, 2020, Webb Simpson won. If you recall, that was a little bit different. It was a different time on the calendar. That was post-COVID return, revised schedule, and also everybody came and played. So that was a really strong field that year. And then prior to 2020, we had a run of some unlikely winners. CT Pan in 2019, that was a fun one. Satoshi Kodaira, 2018, and Wes Bryan in 2017. 
Uh, before that, Grace Furick, Kucher, Graham McDowell, Carl, Carl Peterson, Brant Snedeker, Jim Furick, and way back in 2009, Brian Gay. So, you know, that particularly that Gay, Furick, Snedeker, Graham McDowell, Kucher, those guys are all short, very accurate, good scramblers. So, again, that's kind of the profile that we're looking for uh, this year in terms of where to look on the odds board. It's kind of all over the place because some of these guys like Furick and 10 and 15, you know, would have been, you know, something of a favorite, certainly under 20 to 1. Um, and then you've got some long shots mixed in there too, like the West Bryan and certainly Kadira and CT Pan were surely, you know, pro you know probably in the 100 to 1 or more range. Um, so it's a mix of winners. You can get a long shot winner here. I happen to think. The field is pretty strong. I don't know if you've looked at it, but there's there's quite a few of the top players here, including Justin Thomas, Cam Smith, in addition to you know some of the usual RBC guys like DJ. I, I instantly have to assume that majority of those those big names, like RBC sponsorship obligation guys, aren't going to play very well. Is that a fair assessment? I'm not so sure that's true. So I just don't like I don't. Why are these guys here? Because they're fulfilling a sponsorship obligation. Why would you play the week after the Masters? I mean, maybe not like – I don't know. It, it seems a lot stronger than it ever, like, it ever is, which is weird. I don't know why it is. Well, I think it's, it's in part because of these tour rules, that we, these new tour rules for these players that they've oh, yeah. got to go play in these other events. But like DJ plays here every year. To fulfill a sponsorship obligation. And plays fine. Yeah. Plays well. I think he's I think he's top twenty. We'll get into it here in a minute with the course history, but I think he's top twenty almost every time. Last five years, he's kind of always in the mid teens. Um, oh, there he is. So, just because I always do, I think if you were gonna model something or look, you know, look specifically, we talked about those key stats with the approach play, proximity, and scrambling. But just in terms of who's playing well, I think we all kind of know this, but strokes gained total last 24. Here's your list of players in this field. Cam Smith, JT, Morikawa, Fitzpatrick, Horschel, Lowry, Norin. I think it's kind of interesting this week. Cantlay, Fleetwood's playing better. Neiman gained 10 strokes in his only appearance here. Cam Young, Sungjae, Henley, Berger, Harmon, Hadwin. Boy, Hadwin. I can't escape that guy. Chris Kirk, Tom Hoagie playing great. Nate Lashley starting to play a little better. There's Corey Connors, Hostler, CH3, Sepp Straka. And then if you take away the short game and you just look at who's striking it well last 24, it's List, JT, Kirk, Munoz. Could be kind of an interesting bomb play this week. Neiman, Hoagie, Berger, Connors, Hadwin, Henley, Cam Young, Siwoo, Pitai Specialist. There's Cantlay, Lowry, CH3, Cam Smith, Russell Knox, Can't Chipper Putt, uh, Alex Noren, Mito Pereira, Kevin Streelman, Pat Kazire, JJ Spawn playing great, made the cut at Augusta, and there's Fitzpatrick uh, to round out that list. In terms of course history, who are the horses here? This is the cumulative strokes gain total over the last five years. This is going to favor the older players in the field, but it does give you an idea of both not only who plays well here, but what kind of style plays well here. Webb is at the top of this list, then Kucher, Poulter, Cantlay, DJ. Here's your guy, DJ. Horse for course. Uh, Fitzpatrick, Berger, Streelman, Harmon, Grillo, 
Michael Thompson, Shane Lowry, JT Poston, who I bet at 250 to 1 because I'm a sucker, CT Pan, Alex Norn, Wesley Bryan again there. Tyrrell Hatton pops up. Stuart Sink, winner last year. Glover, Kisner, Spawn, Stewart, Fratelli, Henley. And then there's Neiman actually popping up in the top 20 course history with only one try. Notably, Cam Smith has missed two of his last three cuts here. Russell Henley has missed two of his last three cuts here. And Kevin Kisner, who is very, very popular in the golf gambling community this week, he opened around 70 to 1, has missed his last two cuts here. Um, he also had a poor record at Augusta before having a pretty decent week last week. So I don't, I'm not sure that that's disqualifying necessarily. I just think it's worth taking into consideration. Anything stand out for you there, Hunter? And then I'll get to the odds board. Uh, do you have to be a good putter here because the greens are so small? Not necessarily. Sometimes it can be the opposite. So you don't have to, and that's what I was wondering. Smaller was greens, wondering. like so. Well, generally speaking, it's harder to three putt. Yeah. So if you struggle with three putts or lag putting, it, that should be mitigated here, because once you're on the green, you're probably within range of making birdie, and you're unlikely to three putt. I'm sure the three putt percentage is really low here in comparison to other golf courses. You'll need to make timely clutch putts, but I don't know that you should be looking at good putters necessarily. I'd be looking at good iron players, good scramblers, and guys who play from the fairway. Well, with that being said, I'm going to ride Matt Fitzpatrick. I'm going to ride him. I I, I don't uh, I don't think he makes enough. <clears throat> he doesn't make enough birdies to for me probably to ever outright him with a straight hat on. But I think uh, I think he is so consistent. He's four for four making cuts here. He's got a uh, fourth place fish. He's got two four, two top fifteen finishes, uh, and he's been playing awesome golf the re- the last several months. Yeah, he's really due. Both the two guys that I knew coming into the week that I was going to have a lot of interest in were Fitzpatrick and Lowry, because it just feels like these guys are due for a breakthrough. Fitzpatrick, I like less in the outright sense and more. Uh, in terms of a top ten, he's plus he's plus one twenty to uh, top twenty this week. So you can get a really good top ten number on him, or, or or a top twenty. That top twenty will probably be my big my big bet of the week. But I also love uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick this week. Feels like Fitzpatrick and Lowry are perfect fits for this golf course. They both have played well here. Lowry did miss the cut in twenty twenty, but that's the one that was. Played at a different time of year. Otherwise, he's been third and ninth in his last two tries. He nearly won Honda. He played great at Augusta. He's just, and he's got the winning pedigree. So I did bet Lowry to outright. I did not bet Fitzpatrick, but I'm with you. I love both those guys this week. Uh, and then, and then from, um, from there, I'm probably going to keep it. Fairly light this week. Um, I like some of those those names that uh, you mentioned. Like I don't, I, I kind of like um, I kind of like Corey Connors too a lot this week. I feel like he just ball strikes it to death. He's got a he finished fourth place here last year. He finished uh, twenty twenty a little different, but he still finished t twenty first. 
I mean, he's on a he's on a heck of a run. I mean, he's been playing some great golf. Yeah, I love Connors also. He's twenty six to one right now to bet to win outright. In comparison to some of the other guys around him, I think that's pretty good. Berger is like I've seen twenty eight, twenty nine. I bet Berger at thirty. Lowry and Fitzpatrick are twenty. And then you've got DJ at 18, Cantley at 16, Cam at 14, Morikawa and JT at 13. I've actually seen JT as low as 9-1. to one. Um, I will not be playing any Justin Thomas in... I will not be betting him and I will not be playing him in DraftKings just because I like Morikawa better in this spot. And I'm also fading Cam Smith because I worry about the spotty history here. And I think even though he took some time off before the Masters, that's a that's an emotional roller coaster to be in contention. Triple twelve, you know, like he made eight hundred and seventy grand. It's a good week, but like he keeps knocking on the door at Augusta. Like I just think that's complicated emotionally to go through that, and then he goes to a course that he's kind of iffy on. Granted, he could easily win here. I mean, what are we talking about? Proximity doesn't have to hit driver, scrambling and putting. I mean. Like if you're if you love Cam Smith this week for a bounce back, I, I get it. There's there's the reasons are there, but I'd rather rely on the ball striking of Colin Morikawa for my for my DraftKings lineups. And I love these. Like I love Lowry, I love Berger, I love Connors. So I can't bet those guys and bet somebody at the top of the board too. I will tell you, there's a lot of I mentioned. There's a lot of interest in Kevin Kisner this week. He's been bet down. People were racing to bet Kevin Kisner. Not sure I fully understand that. I know that he played well at Austin Country Club and that this golf course profiles well for him. But the other guy who's really popular this week, Hunter, and it makes me feel really violated, like people are coming onto my territory and they're now starting to say the things that I've been saying. Do you know who led the field in approach at Augusta National? Led the field in approach. Uh, Siwoo Kim? Kevin Na. Kevin Na. Shoot. Short, little Kevin Na. Sorry, not little's mean, but not a long hitter. Led the field in approach at Augusta National last week. Had a great week. Was was in like something of contention, certainly for you know a top five until he five putted sixteen on Saturday. He putted it five times on one hole. If you think Scheffler's four putt on eighteen on Sunday was bad, Kevin now five putted. He led the field in approach at Augusta, so he is getting tons of attention coming into this week. He also opened in that Kisner territory of like sixty seventy to one and he's down in the 40s now so like it's too bad because that's my guy and i'm not betting kevin not at 41 to one this week i'm 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 sorry i'll I'll take fitzpatrick and lowry and Berger at half you know even less than half those odds so um i did bet maverick mcneely 55 to one uh, he was fourth here last year. Been playing great. I, if you guys remember, I was on him big at Pebble Beach. Like I liked him earlier in the year in the California. He's a California kid, but he seems to be figuring out Bermuda surfaces. And 
I don't love the number, but I love the play because I think he does, you know, particularly can get hot with the irons. We've seen like Varner, you know, pop here. It's a guy who can get hot with his irons, not necessarily a great putter. So, um, and then I mentioned it's long shot season. So are you digging into any of these hundred to one plusers? Um, I mean, we got crazy options back here. We got Grace is a former champion, 100 to 1. Denny McCarthy's been playing some good golf. He's 95. Cam Young, the shine is off Cam Young just like that. He's 100 to 1. Munoz, who I mentioned, is still at the top of the ball striking categories, is 100 to 1. CT Pan, a former champ, 100 to 1. Any of these? Uh, here, I just I just saw one. Uh, Harry Higgs is is two hundred to one. Already bet him at two fifty. He just finished. <laughs> he just finished twelfth place or fourteenth place. The Masters. Uh, so even though he's ranked like a hundred and seventieth player in the world, I think it's just because he finished top four at last year's PGA, last year's U.S. Open, one of the two. Yeah, we were trying to figure to out to get him into the to get him into the Masters. How he got into the Masters, but that was that was one of the biggest surprises to me of the entire week was seeing Harry Higgs. He's just—he's a cool customer. Like, Hard to predict when he's gonna play well. I think the wider fairways probably helped him at Augusta because he's not a particularly accurate driver. But here we go. Now we got a less than driver course. He's got a good short game. He just came off an awesome week at Augusta. He's known to randomly get in contention some weeks. When I saw it at two fifty one, I clicked it. Yeah. Same with JT Poston, who I see is now down to one twenty. Okay, so let's... maybe you got in early on those two with me, but he's still two hundred on. Uh... Yeah, I'm looking at Fanduel. Barstool. Speaking of Barstool, I saw that uh, Barstool is the exclusive betting partner of the Zurich Classic. Exclusive betting partner of the Zurich Classic. I didn't know that was possible. How can you do that? I don't know. So you better no, get... I'm going to get my pitchforks out. No, I'm ser- I, I, I saw the video. It was over, it came out over this weekend that they were. No, I hate that. <laughs> the Zurich is in, like near New Orleans. It's in Louisiana, correct? Yeah. So I think that's that has to be it because they're making a big push. It's in like Louisiana TPC. Right now. Uh, New Orleans, TPC, Louisiana. Yeah. 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 So. I did see it's that. So you better it's get somewhere your, in New Orleans. Uh, you better get your barstool account figured out. Yeah, it's really, really <laughs> upsetting. They better not. They better not do that. Any love for Piot? By the way, if you guys, if you want to bet the Michigan guys this week, Piot's five hundred to one. Brem four twenty. I still have. That's it. Those are really, 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 really long odds. And then I'm sure Stewart is. Farther up here, this should be a good course for Brian Stewart, right? He's in some decent form. He played well at the Valero. Was it the Valero or the Valspar? Valspar, maybe. But um, James is also he's a he's a hundred thousand to one on Barstool. Woo! And so still getting out those good numbers. And so is uh, Morgan Hoffman. Did you see any of those videos on Morgan over the last couple days? You know, I saw like. I think it was Fire Pit Collective maybe did a story. I can't remember who it was, but it was like I saw a really odd-looking image of him. I can a story about Morgan Hoffman. I watched him hit balls at, I think it was the USAM at Cherry Hills, I want to say, in Denver, which is a cool course. That was 
Every time you do that, I get so distracted. Hunter's over there doing smelling salts again. He that was some of the best ball striking, like the most repetitive. Like his swing was so pure and so money. He was so good as an amateur. But yeah, I don't know if you want to touch on for those who don't know, he has mus- muscular dystrophy and he's not been playing golf for the past couple years or at least not as much and he's been trying to get his health right so I, I don't know a ton about it I'm excited to see him back in the field this week yeah so am I I, I just saw his name next to, to James and made me think of it I just saw he just had his uh, press time yesterday and like Pierce said he had uh, was it muscle dystrophy muscular dystrophy, muscular yeah. dystrophy and so essentially your, your bones just deteriorate I guess is what I understand it that you just you get you get weaker I think your muscles, yeah. Yes, your muscles start to get weaker. So he went to, he moved to, there was one place he moved before he moved to Costa Rica. I can't remember where it was, but he went He went somewhere to like try to find help to like get this figured out. And then he went to Costa Rica and he's taken a very- uh, Alternative. Yeah, alt- very alternative. Holistic, I guess would be, is that the correct Probably word? Probably so, yeah. Um, way, of, way of going yeah. about this. And I think it's actually, from the sounds of it, and the way he looked, uh, something is working because because uh, I would have thought by now he would have been like smaller, smaller. He looks like he's like a very fit individual, and he's only been playing golf. So he he had a motorcycle accident about a year ago, I think that that was when he was about to start making his comeback. And then he actually said in the interview, the day that he was going to the gym to make his comeback is he was riding his motorcycle to the gym when he broke his rib and he broke his elbow, Ugh. something like this, uh, about a year ago. So he just started, he's been at, uh, you might know this, uh, OAP, OAP Match Club in Georgia. Does that ring a bell? No. Um, That's some, where he's been practicing. Yeah, that. just for like the last 10 days. He's only played for 10 days, but I guess he's he said his game feels really good and he's all dialed in and... Ready to rock and roll. Been playing golf for 10 days since this all happened a few years ago. Yes. So he really- Really the only golf he's played. And I I, I could see him like- I well. I would love to see him get some TV time and hear more of that story on the broadcast. I know I'm always saying show more shots, but this is a very unusual and and, uh, interesting story that's worth telling. It's it's O-H-O-O-P-E-E Match Club. We're we're killing it on the pronunciations today I between mean, Lot and the Ahopi. Ahopi, yes, Ahopi Match Club in Beaver Creek Farm, Cobbtown, Georgia. I don't know where that is. Me either. Georgia's a big state. So, uh, no, I'm I'm very excited. I think that's he actually. <laughs> PJ Tour so weird. He has medical. He, he's playing on a medical exemption still from six years ago five you know, years ago one of these and he days, still has starts like he has like he doesn't just have this start he has like three or four starts remaining after this one one of these days i gotta i gotta i gotta dig into how that crap works because it is i think i honestly think you could just make the tour one year and then just break an arm and just take the next 30 years off and be like hey i'm ready to come back like, here, <laughs> here i am <laughs> i i want to finish up my exemption so outside, I don't really have a ton of other. Uh, Russell Henley has been bet down a ton. I saw him as like early as high as fifty to one. He's the only thirty three. He was twenty. One. He's in the twenties on DraftKings. Wow. But then you mentioned something about like you some stat you just said that kind of scared me. Where when you started talking about course history, 
remember what Henley it was. has missed two of the last three. That's what it was. Here. That's what it was. Now, Henley is a person who's gone through ups and downs in his game. Mm. So I don't know that I'd put a ton of I don't know that I put a ton of stock in those. I just like I point that out because I wouldn't want to be betting a guy outright that missed two of his last three cuts here. That would just that would just because this course to me is a love it or leave it type of a golf course. You know, many of these players probably would say that they would prefer a different kind of golf. This is a very unique test. I mean, you're going to be hitting a lot of irons. The spaces out there are very narrow. It is like playing courses, old-style, tree-lined country club golf, only it has all that peat dye flair thrown in, so... Like, if you play really well here all the time, it's probably because you love the golf course and it fits your style of play. If you don't play well here very often, you probably don't like it, and you may not come here anymore. So the younger guys are the hardest to figure out. Like, Neiman came here and loved it. Morikawa came here, excelled right away. So I do think if you're very consistent, you keep your ball on your fairway, and you're very skilled with your irons, you know, you'll probably get on this property and think that this golf course is, is pretty special. And of course, there's always the Pete Dye specialist angle. But I, I'd like to stand up and tell everyone that I am, as of this point, 10:33 on Wednesday, I have not yet bet Siwoo Kim to win the golf tournament this week. By the way, did you watch? Did you watch any of Siwoo last week? Uh, no, not not enough. I don't think. I thought he was actually playing entertainment. Yeah, just uh, in typical Siwoo fashion plays some of the worst golf I've ever seen him play on Thursday. I think he might miss the cut. He comes out on Friday. He birdies like the whole front nine. He's right back into these. Not only is he off the cut line now, but he's like in the picture around even par. Then he folds to finish that round. Then he comes back on Saturday, plays well again. And then on Sunday, I think at one point he bogeyed seven holes in a row. It wasn't that bad. I was just I was just looking at was it. Was it six? It was. <laughs> it was. I it may was, have stopped uh, counting, but it started on the front nine. It carried over to the back nine. It was crazy because you're seeing all these big numbers all week, and Siwoo was just blowing up, and it's like, oh, Siwoo must have hit in the water on 11, or he must have. It was six straight. Six Dunked straight, on 12. Nothing, no, he just made a bunch of bogeys. Just consistent, just one square. Bogey no, nothing, nothing crazy, no two squares. He just went 9 through 14. He just made a lot of bogeys. Yeah. Six straight. I like Siwoo, but I prefer Siwoo when he can use a driver. So I mean, he'll probably still play well this week. The guy's been playing great, and he's really talented. But you want to hear a crazy, these fan duo parlays are going to be the death of me. Oh, you're still doing those? I can't help it, dude. Are you winning any of them? Well, I had a two dollar bet, four dollar bet to win one hundred twenty five dollars last week. That was Rory to top ten, not a top thirty. Check check. Webb Simpson to top twenty. He teed off on Sunday in a tie for fourteenth. Oh. He finished in a tie for thirty eighth, so that did not cash. I'm getting really close. But I think they're start- they might be losing some of these because the odds this week don't look quite as good. Here, here, how does this sound? We only have a second, but Norin to top twenty plus one eighty, Poston to top thirty plus three ten. Are you still with me? And Wesley Bryan to top forty plus two eighty. 
Those give you odds of 43 to 1. You in on that one? $5 bet wins 200. Norton top 20s, Post in top 30s, Wesley Bryan top 40. Let's get messy with it this week. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't I don't remember hearing Definitely don't remember hearing Norn's name any of your course history stuff. Hadwin, maybe? You said who's the third? Norn plays fine here. Hadwin could be, I could be talked into Hadwin. I could switch out the the Norn for Hadwin, probably, because I like I do like Hadwin a lot this week. His number's way too low in the outright, but he might be like a top 10 or a top 5 play. And then, okay, this one's a little more mainstream. Fitz to top 10, plus 240. Connors to top 20, plus 135. Norin or Hadwin, probably similar to top 30. We're looking at the plus 135-ish range. That's 20, about 20 to 1. $5 wins 100. You with me on that one? Yes. All right. Yep. Well, we're both on Fitzpatrick, so he's probably going to miss the cut. Most likely. I would expect nothing Terrific. Nothing less from, from Matt since we've we put him in a peculiar spot. All right. Only 51 more weeks until next year's Masters, guys. Correct. Let the countdown begin. And on a final note, Scotty, Miller, Scotty Scheffler already has $10 million in earnings this year, and the leader last year was 7.7, John Rahm. I'm very curious to see like where he's going to set a number. Congratulations on voting the 2022 player, the PGA Tour Player of the Year. I wanted to give that award to a Hideki like a month and a half ago. Remember that? Yeah. Ted Scott would be the 77th ranked player on the money list on the PGA Tour. Well ahead of Bubba Watson, I'm sure. And he would be first on the LPGA Tour. Something needs change. Change needs to happen. On that note, see you next week. Everybody have a great week.